0: Welcome, folks, to the Goose Gossip Podcast. I'm your host, Levi Gurky. Thank you for tuning in. I have on a lot of great guests that come on to the show. I also, have an Instagram and Facebook. Just look up the Goose Gossip Podcast. Helps you stay updated with new guest speakers as well as some great content. This podcast is brought to you by the following: Molt Gear. For 16 years, Molt Gear has been bringing the hunt hard, hunt alive philosophy with their lineup of calls, instructional material, and apparel. Each call is tuned by the owner of three-time world live. Goose Calling Champion, Scott Trinan, based in the heart of goose country, Rochester, Minnesota. Check them out at www.multgear.com. Dakota Decoy Company. Established in 2007, Dakota Decoy Company has built and grown the company to offer a full lineup of top quality decoys, blinds, and accessories that you, the demanding hunter, not only expects, but deserves. Located in Vermilion, South Dakota, along the Missouri River. Or check them out on www.dakotadecoy.com. Premium gunning decoys for demanding hunters. Mallard Bay is an Airbnb-style marketplace for discovering and booking guided hunting and fishing adventures. The Mallard Bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen, and their mission is to help expand access to affordable and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the U.S. You can browse trips and prices by state or species, select the dates you'd like to go, message outfitters, and make your deposit with a credit card. Fastest and easiest way to book a guided trip with a verified outfitter. Go to www.mallardbay.com. Other Guys Outfitters, home to one of the biggest concentrations of waterfowl in the United States. Great people, great hunting. Reach out to them on their Instagram and message them to book your hunt now, or you will not want to miss out on their hunts next year. Bourbon Media prides themselves in being the leader in all things digital marketing for the outdoors industry. Websites, social media management, paid advertising, SEO, logo and design, and content creations. Focus more on your business and let the professionals at Bourbon Media increase your company's digital profits. Contact them on Instagram or Facebook at Bourbon Media or reach out to them on their website at bourbon-media.com. Webfoot Waterfowl Co., the most comfortable and trustworthy lanyards you can buy. Many options available from color to size. Head over to their website, www.webfootwaterfowl.com, as well You can find them on Instagram. Go check out their product. I have several of their lanyards. Love every single one I have. K2 Coolers, established in 2011 with a commitment to design a quality cooler that would give years of reliable service at very affordable prices. Located in Broussard, Louisiana, check them out at www.k2-coolers. When you think of K2 Coolers, think real value, real cold. Big thank you out to all my listeners for enjoying this podcast as much as I do. It is great hearing from all the great feedback from all my listeners. Sit back and enjoy this episode. go welcome back folks to another episode of the goose gossip podcast and the special guest on the phone today is daniel gross daniel how's it going my man doing good levi uh i appreciate you having me man hey man it's it's, it's all love man it's all love hey, you, you know you love to hunt do you love to fish probably and you love the outdoors why wouldn't you want to be on the goose gossip you know no
1: oh, absolutely man
0: <laughs> where, where you at right now uh, we're sitting in the shop
1: uh, slash garage, sipping on uh, some cold Maker's Mark and taking her easy.
0: Is it, you guys call them shouses there? Have you ever heard of those? The shop slash That's houses.
1: Cool. Oh, like the uh, like a barn dominium or something like that.
0: Yeah, we call them shouses here in the Midwest for some reason. Shouses. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> we just combine the word of uh, shop and house together, and like there's just small living quarters for. The people to live in, but the shop is bigger than the actual house itself.
1: Oh yeah, I could I could get behind that. I don't know if my wife could, but I, I'd be down with it.
0: <laughs> oh shoot. Um, so you live in uh, Tennessee?
1: Uh, I'm out of North Georgia.
0: Oh, North Georgia. Oh, okay. Never mind. Oh, I got the the part mixed up. Um, so how <laughs> long have you uh, lived in Georgia then? Oh, I've been here, uh, born and raised since since ninety two. 92 jeez Um, yeah i'm old (laughs) no you're not you're not old i didn't mean it like that come on man no um (laughs) have you been hunting like your entire life then since you're a little weed hopper
1: oh yeah dude uh yeah here in in the south i mean you grow up and i was lucky enough to have my dad my granddad well actually two granddads that were really good influences on me and i was hanging on to their leg, getting drugged out of the house, doing all kind of stuff. So Good go fishing, day. hunting, all kind of stuff, man.
0: What was like one of your most memorable things when you did, when you growed up, like, you know, you just said like getting drugged around, but like, is there something that stuck in your brain? Like one small adventure that when you're younger that your, your dad took you on you're like, Oh my gosh, that's going to stick forever. And I don't know. Is there one? Oh, oh
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's a bunch to choose from, but, uh, my, my late granddad, uh, on my dad's side, we, uh, my first deer hunt experience was, on public land up on top of a giant ridge we were on just like the very peak of it and the wind was blowing and I I didn't have the right equipment because I mean I was like a second time going and and uh just just how (laughs) staring at him looking for some some direction because I was like freezing to the bone he's just Uh just dead still like it didn't affect him but yeah it was we didn't shoot anything but the time with him and and talking and and freezing our butt off was I mean that was just as much fun so yeah I'll never forget that.
0: So, has goose hunting always been like that—that that niche after some of the stuff when you grew up, or because obviously, you it looks up by your Instagram that the trigger gets pulled on some or on some geese in your Instagram. So, what's it like? Oh, yeah. What's it like there for goose hunting then?
1: Uh, well, from like from your perspective, if you're looking, uh, I mean, any, anybody in the southeast of of the U.S. will tell you it's uh, especially where I'm at, we're not in a, a major flyway, so we're you know, we're chasing pretty much local birds that are, okay. I mean, you could you could say they're stale, but I think your uh, your skill as a goose hunter is really, you, I mean, you really got to be adaptive. I mean, you, you got to try to pull permission on private land or, you know, in, in early season for us in September, like most places, but right. I mean, you really got to, you know, make sure your stuff's polished up good before you go after these local birds because it, it, it's really all, all you have. I mean, you're not going to get a fresh push or anything, so you've got to have a great hide. Be real strategic with your decoys. You know you got to have you know a really good caller, which in this part of the country is kind of hard to find for <laughs> for can, for Canada goose. But yeah, I mean it's a it's a whole other ball game out here in the South, man. For for Canada geese, that's for sure.
0: So our land down there is it handshakes or is it money transfer?
1: Uh, it it depends. I mean, more more or less around here. I mean, you're not going to see anybody leasing out a field for for you know specifically goose hunting if you if you get a hold of uh any type of agriculture which around here is super rare i mean we're pretty mountainous i mean you've got a few rolling hills and some hay fields but um yeah i would say it's more handshakes and being a man of your word and and not leaving a bunch of shells and dead birds around uh and that's going to really win you the permission for next year so have you seen a have you
0: seen a jump in people that are into waterfowl hunting in your state
1: uh yeah, I mean you, you like like as mean like like a rise of like the next generation you're yeah. talking about.
0: Yeah, that are just um, you know, day to day people that are just um at public ponds that you've never seen, you know, this and that and the other over your years. Uh I, I definitely
1: have. I think social media plays a big part in that, like oh, like sure. everything. Uh I mean you're seeing a bunch of guys right around with you know drake stickers on their trucks that you've never seen and i mean which is i'm not knocking right, it yeah. wrong with that. i mean no. we, we all started there right. i mean we, we all had to start somewhere but uh I, I think as long as they they get hooked up with the right people uh especially if you're from north Georgia, i mean finding the right click of people that'll show you how to do it right i i don't think it's a bad thing but uh yeah i mean there's definitely more people than they're used to for sure including myself i mean
0: well, hey, Dan, I'm going to kill the elephant in the room. You know, one shot, one kill. What's up with all these uh, neck collars, man? I, I can't handle it. It, it. Like I told you before, <laughs> it just makes me so jealous. And I'm going to ask you every question until I get the exact GPS location off of you. So, ah, yeah, dude,
1: no, I'm, I'm completely prepared to to talk about it. So Perfect. we can go full swing into that subject. Oh, here, I'll sure. ask the
0: first question. Uh, when did you shoot? When did you personally shoot your first neck collar then?
1: Uh, I got the opportunity to pull the trigger on one, uh, this past, uh, September with, uh, and really you got to, I mean, if you're going to start on this story, I'm a huge proponent and to give him credit where credit's due. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, I would have never, oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I would never have even been in the right, you know, position or, or anything to even be close to, to a collared goose without, uh, my good buddy, Jake Ware, who, uh, I mean, dude, Mo- Monday through Friday working, a you know, a normal job with mm-hmm. his family construction, taking time off, scouting, and, and letting a complete stranger like myself come and, you know, spend the night with him and put me on a bird. So, yeah, I mean, it, it it's all because of him. And since then we're, you know, super good friends, but.
0: Hey Jake, if you're listening, I'd I'd like to become <laughs> friends. <No. laughs> dude, he's, a,
1: he, he's, a, he's a great dude, and and honestly, in in that we'll just say it's a southern state where okay. he's out of for sure. Yeah. Uh, that that whole that whole town, I mean, yeah, you know, I really got lucky that he he responded, and and you know we reached out on through social media and became good friends. But I, you know, th- through him, there's a lot of other crowds that chase those birds in that area. Right. That I'm, let's just let's just say I'm glad I got the story from him. You know, instead of having some bad experiences. What was so.
0: what was the adrenaline like when you? Okay, now here, let me start with this. Was the adrenaline starting when the bird was actually coming in because you could see it? Here, just let me finish though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It was the adrenaline starting because you could finish or you could see it like actually finishing, or was it the adrenaline wasn't there till you actually picked it up like a regular band?
1: Dude, that that whole morning was. Was insane. I mean, I could tell you the the whole thing. Oh, I would love to It's what it's called gossip? So, yeah, dude. So so basically, oh, to give you a little background of, of that that part of the country, they they've had a, a well known study for for several years. I mean, way before I ever went to that town and, and chased them. But right. uh, a a university local to that town teamed up with the DNR, and the whole purpose was like most banded projects to see where these birds were going because like where I live, you know, in the south, I mean, they, these birds, you know, they're not known for, for traveling great distances. So, they were just trying to see if, you know, they were being raised there and dispersing whether it was north, south, wherever they were going. So, a, as time passed and word got out, you started seeing bigger names, you know, pull behind trailers, decaled up chasing these birds. I mean, it was, a, it's just a whole different part of the country, man, to be honest with you. It's, it's they're super known for, Uh, you know, that study. And and it's kind of, you know, dwindled because over the last two and a half years, I was, you know, going up to that town and chasing them with Jake. Uh, We were killing birds and stuff, but I had never had a chance or seen a collar uh, down the gun barrel, which was, you know, people say van hunting or whatever, but which there's two sides of the coin. I mean, these guys chase birds. Yeah. And and these guys chase birds just like you and me do. And just because they're in that You know, just because in their area that they're heavily banded or neck collared doesn't, you know, I mean, why would they not get up and
0: chase them just to to be goose hunters? So, you know, hmm. does that banding project know that how special a neck collar is? Yeah. So through the through the giant amount of pressure that they got
1: from out of state guys and guys showing up, you know, pressuring these local farmers that. You know, I mean, they they were so aggravated with it, just the local people. And this is what I've learned through Jake. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he was born and raised in this area, so he he knows all these people. They they were turning down, you know, double digit figures for you know for these people to hunt one morning in a no. hayfield. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you've got all that pressure, outside influence, um, and then the fact that there was people running around, you know,
0: yeah, just, poaching them.
1: Yeah, shooting these geese with deer rifles off the side of the road. I mean. Hmm uh which would you gave everybody else that hunting them a bad rap but i mean the, the guys that i hunted with and that's why i say again i was glad i got to hunt with him and know him now because i mean they're they're legit right. you know keeping the roads hot scouting getting permission the right way and actually hunting these birds and and uh but i said all that to say this that that study uh the last year and a half it, it got disbanded so word obviously word got out and people reporting these bands. They're figuring out, hey, you know, we're going to go ahead and end this because one, it's bad for publicity for this town, and the the study's obviously not giving us the results we're putting all this resources what,
0: into. What was the the overall study in in a short term of things?
1: Uh, I think overall, a very small percentage of them did actually, you know, get up and bounce and leave the area. I think the the further, and I, I've done my own research, which you can find it if you if you're savvy enough to find it on yeah. the old Google. But uh, uh-huh. I think one one got out to either central or Northern Illinois uh, from from that state, which is not far from me here in the South. So that bird did get up and move and it was reported and, and that was a successful, you know, so some so, data
0: points they had. So they want to see these local birds in their state and see how far they'll like almost like venture out rather than just staying right in the region of the area. And they put and, and, you know, maybe did they put these neck collars on them so that they were more of an interesting bird when they did venture out? And this is why they cut the banding project, because they couldn't even get out because the year spans that they were thinking, you know, quotation marks. And they didn't know how high populated this little piece of plastic is. They were proclaiming that, hey, maybe if they get out, you know, these are going to be some high valued birds on the outside of where we want them to leave. I don't know.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I- anytime that you know, word gets out to your local, you know, the oh, guys yeah. that actually scout for a living. Oh, dude, I saw a collar in so and so's field. We're, you know, we're gonna, you know, that and and that's not a bad thing because I mean no. the whole, the whole you know theory behind the neck collar is high visibility, so these birds don't have to get shot to be reported, and that's you know true. you can get some kind of data point. So, uh, but yeah, so so long story short, the DNR and and the uh, that college or the the college that was helping with them and having all the volunteers. This past summer, so before September, this past summer, and uh, around here it's in July when they go into molt and they're all, you know, ca- recapturing a, bl- a lot of these birds. Well, they physically were cutting off neck collars of anything that they recaptured. No. So, 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 not only did they not, you know, have the however many, you know, x number of new collars they're going to put on, but they're they're taking away. I think I think they did leave all the leg bands because normally in that area, if you kill a neck collar, you get a designated leg band too. Uh, so, so picking back up to September, you know, talking to Jake, I said, Hey, are we going to, you know, go after him again? Like we did the last couple of years. He said, yeah, ma'am. he said, be honest with you, it's really tough now because people are getting stale to permission. Uh, you know, people are wanting money. And he said, on top of that, the DNR is, uh, is really cracking down on the collars and everything they recaptured, they cut off. And so it's, you know, I I definitely can see both sides of it. You know, that, that town was just, just pissed off and, and done with it. Uh, but, but also it, it's, it is kind of sad on my selfish side. Cause it's just like the, the, the dawn of an era in that part of the country's over with. So,
0: you know, is that it, kind of like it, the only, hmm, to your knowledge, is that like the only area that you can think of or know of since it's like, it's just an undisclosed location and it's already gotten heat. So why sit here and even make it worse? Um, do you know of another region? Like, you don't even have to say the state but do you know of another region that you could like oh my gosh let's go try that now but then you're kind of playing devil's advocate to what you're (laughs) like upset to you know know what i mean i don't know no
1: no i mean yeah i mean i'm like anybody you know i'm I'm always curious i I like reading uh you know it's always cool because every band has a story and and how old the bird was That, that that stuff to me as a goose hunter like yourself it's just so freaking interesting to me but yeah um the only one that I know of in the last two or three years, I want to say it was, uh, I think it was uh, the Osborne Lab or one of the more well-known banding projects on social media. They did a lot of uh, red, I think they had solar trackers too. Or some, some kind of red designated really neck cool. collars on, on, on some speckle bellies. But, I mean, I think uh-huh. they were out of Louisiana. So, I mean, you're you're going to, I mean, there's no telling where those guys are going.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Dude, those uh, electronic, um, like navigational, um gosh dang it gps trackers <laughs> I yeah can lose my, they are crazy they are legitimately mean, crazy like if it's, you shot one of those like
1: oh. oh yeah that's like the holy grail I yeah mean, it's you know it's like he's flying around with a game boy on his
0: neck that's like shooting a, that's like <laughs> shooting on yeah that's like shooting an albino like 190 buck you know what i mean like you, oh yeah
1: you know yeah I mean? and, and 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 that's like my, my dad's just a whitetail purist i mean I, oh, i've taken yeah. him on a on a waterfowl trip and and that's a separate story he, we shot two almost consecutive speckled belly bands in missouri <sighs> the first the first morning this dude ever sat in a pit so i was like you're never gone again <laughs> <was>
0: like, <laughs> and he probably that what of these little things
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah he he had no clue and and and, uh, and we had two more days to hunt after that and he said oh we'll just go tomorrow and get some more i was like no we won't you'll never do that ever again <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, <no kidding. laughs>
1: never but but he i, I was a uh, he, he was a pure deer hunter at heart so he's like you know why are you driving three hours just to hunt two hours and i said well but the opportunity for me to get like in your case like a 300 inch whitetail that's you know
0: it, it just you know in in my world it's you know unheard of right and see that's the thing is like you never know um when you'd go that far of a stretch of what it could be like, you'd never do know. Excuse me. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. But yeah,
1: I I can tell you all about that morning's hunt, dude. It's Go right ahead, my man. Go right ahead. So, uh, it was one of those deals where like most times I hunt with Jake, it's usually, you know, he's, he's letting me know, Hey, if you're off during the week, uh, I've got a place scouted up, and we can go for a you know a couple hours before I have to then go to work at his construction job. So, right. Uh, the the skinny was, and this is going to sound funny to people that actually scout massive feeds of geese. You know <laughs> where right. you're from, but oh, I don't like, have hey, massive got... feeds. I don't have massive.
0: <laughs> I don't. I'm serious, but go on.
1: But uh, so so like so so I guess compared to like the central flyway or somewhere where you've okay. actually got yeah you know mig- migrating geese. We're uh. We're hunting in the front pond of a lady, uh, well, a man and a woman that live in this town, and there's a like a like a floating gazebo island where they would like have family picnics, mm-hmm. and this 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 pond is like, I'm not even kidding, dude. It's it's like a maybe a, a quarter acre, I mean it, it's tiny. Yeah. And uh, he said, man, the the probability that well we'll probably shoot a leg banner, or you know those are always high, but he said there has been a collar. That I've spotted there in the last week or so, but I haven't seen it in the last, you know, four or five days. He said it's up to you. Obviously, you know, hunting's hunting. If you want to come up, we'll try and we'll we'll give it a go before work. And I said, you do, you know, say say less. So I'm I'm packed up. We we head up there, uh, spend the night at Jake's house like always. We head out to this pond, and um, the morning was super stale. I mean, we're we're just straining to hear that distant, you know, honk echoing off the yeah the ridges around us and. uh it, Jake actually picked a, a fishing rod up out of this gazebo that had a, you know an old line on it. He, he catches a freaking smallmouth in the pond while we're just – I mean, I'm sitting in a layout. He's sitting in a layout. We didn't even really brush him because the grass is so overgrown. You couldn't see anything. Right. And uh, so the, the morning goes on. And I'm, I'm talking like, dude, we're packing up. So, like, shit emptying the guns out. Jake's like, dude, I'm sorry. You know, hey, he said, heck, I'll, I'll try to get us on another one. And uh, he said, I got to be at work in like 45 minutes. I said, all right, dude, yeah, no, no problem. So we're packing up. We're walking out this like little bridge deal to this white picket gate that surrounds this giant pond. Uh-huh. Jake's already up at his truck. He's, he's cranked it, big F-250, loudest, loudest shit. And, uh, <laughs> dude, I've got this giant tangle-free blind, like backpack style, like up over me, gun yeah. empty, blind bag. And wouldn't you know it, like back to the pond, you just, you just hear, and I was like, dude, you got to be absolutely shitting me. So I, I play it cool. I let the blind just drop to my feet, and these a, a group of like it was probably 14, 15, just a perfect little V, just drop over the pine trees, about you know ten, fifteen foot above this pond, and they just lift up, and they're making a giant U, about two fifty, you know, out and coming back. And so, I, I'm not, there's no time to say anything. I'm dropping my blind bag, you know, putting in my three shells. Well, they do the same thing. They come right, because they just wanted to be in there. I mean, they didn't know we were hunting them. Yeah. And uh, so, they're top of the pine trees again. They're about to light. I mean, their feet are skimming. The, I mean, toenails touching the top of the water. And I just beat up on the, just the middle too. And people ask me, you know, since then, like, dude, did you know the first one you shot? You know, did you see any white or collar, Dude, I was just so amped. Like, I don't know if I had tunnel vision or why. Well, I was just trying to, you, you know, like 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 we all do. I'm trying to pick a single bird out and right. squeeze a trigger and move on. So, I I squeeze on the first goose. It drops over on the bank. I'm swinging because it, I mean, those geese there, I mean, they're so freaking smart, dude. I mean, you you, you, you bang a shot off, they're getting out of there. Right. And uh, I squeeze off the other two complete whiffs. I I'm, I'm, will not lie to you. Didn't hit a single other goose. Jake, by this time, has heard what's going on because he could hear the geese flying. Yeah. He's hauling down this gravel driveway, shotgun in hand. He, he bangs off three shots, doesn't shoot anything. So, he he looks at me, and I don't know if he saw the first goose drop, and he, he's kind of pissed off because he's like, dude, I cannot believe we burned this spot. You know, those geese are going to be gone. And he said, we didn't shoot a damn thing. I said, well, I did drop one, but I, I couldn't tell you what it is. So, he, he, hop, he hops the fence, goes in his cattails. Dude, he picks up that goose. And I lost my freaking mind. Oh. He said, "He said, dude, we didn't shoot shit, but you shot your first net collar." And I said, "Dude, you're lying." And it's, <laughs> I, 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 videoed it. It's all on my, my IG page on a highlight. I think I think it just is net collar, but it's literally my reaction whenever he picked it up and brought it over to the fence. And he's like, "Dude, I can't believe that." But he was he was so pissed we didn't shoot anything else. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, dude, I, I'm standing there holding this, and dude, it was such a surreal moment i mean because it was just like you know one the, the odds were stacked against us you know obviously we're in a, I, i'm in a higher percentage area of the country to shoot one but with all the drama going on and right. the politics you know it still was hunting you know at the end of the day and Absolutely. uh dude it was it was nuts man i like like that that goose got to sit you know front and center in the truck going to breakfast and it was like it was Wait, the, the, the full-on crack- dead goose Dude, yeah, the full dead goose got to ride in the cab, and then whenever I got home, since I had the whole day off work, I I strung that thing up in here in in the shop, and uh, I just stared at it for like three hours, dude. I was like, this is not real. Like, this is crazy. And then I I finally, I I did report it. Uh, It ended up being a seven-year-old female, and uh, man, it was was nuts. So seven years of being in that area, and all the people that's been trying to kill her and all her other collared friends. So yeah, it was wow. nuts.
0: Yeah. So that one wasn't actually a logistic, like, like band that worked out for like, even the people then did, did, did oh, they get, yeah. do they ever reach out to the people that get the neck collars to get like more details about like where it's at or whatever? Or is it just treated just like a regular uh, leg band?
1: I'm pretty sure, like you know, you you log on to you know, or whatever it is, and you you do the whole thing. The only thing different that I noticed, and and I haven't shot many. I've got like I've got six on my lantern, and they're all from the south.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but uh, it's the same deal. You put in all the information. I think they could contact you because I always do fill out my address and phone number. So I, I I think they would probably send out an email if they wanted more info, like if they wanted to know like an exact. You know what the weather was like or what the deal was but yeah i mean if they ever did i would i would reach back out but i, I never have gotten contacted since then huh. since i got the certificate but yeah it uh it, it worked out i had a i had a goose mounted in here in the shop from uh two seasons ago from when i moved from the old house and yeah. Uh, yeah we slapped that thing on on the goose in the garage and
0: is it i'm just, staring at it right now is it just like a plastic like collar or is it what it what kind of material yeah
1: yeah. So it's, it's exactly like what you would, you would imagine. Like it's, I, I want to, you know, I want to tell you, it's, it's more, it's more <laughs> like luxurious in person, but it's just a plastic, uh, you know, rolled uh, with, with the, with the, with a designation uh, on three sides, you know, like a tarsal or something like that. But yeah, it's just a plastic, uh, a plastic neck collar. And actually when I shot which I didn't really notice it until I got home and really, you know, kind of calmed down and looked at it. But I, I shot like three <laughs> three BBs straight through that thing, so I mean, it could have I could have broke it. Which I mean, who, I mean, honestly, who cares? But right. uh, it just it just kind of would. I'm I'm just I'm surprised after all that that the the thing that surprises me is the glue. Like the glue that they use must be from NASA, because like, dude, how how does it not, you know, through all the stuff those geese do in the in the in the climate and the and being wet all the time, like how how does that glue that holds that collar together, not just male, but I guess it does. So
0: how'd you get it off then? You'd cut the goose's neck off.
1: Yeah. It's, it's not very, you know, it's not a very glamorous process. You just, you know, j- just like you take a leg band off. I, yeah. I'm, I'm real superstitious about my, I don't like to open them too many times. So I just, I just cut the, chop the leg off, slide it off and just barely open it up to, to slide on the lanyard. Right. But, uh, it's the same thing with the neck collar. You don't really want to mess with the,
0: Dexterity the, guy, of the,
1: it. The the glue, yeah. You just chop the head off and slide it off. But
0: so is the it, actual like this isn't a um this is the actual neck collar that's on um the the mount then that you have and that you're talking about.
1: Yes, yeah, and and uh, so it, I, I was I, I love having you know memories and stuff with me while I hunt, and I think yeah. it's a good conversation starter if you're hunting somewhere you know with a new guy. So I, I actually had. That those numbers turned into a tarsal band that I could put on on my lanyard. So if somebody asked, "Hey, what's that?" I'm like, you know, then I could have a cool right. store to share. But uh, man, it was a it was a nuts experience. Like, it was surreal, and uh, you know, like like I said earlier, Jake's the whole reason that even happened. So shout out that's off to him.
0: Yeah, dude, big time, <laughs> big <laughs> time. He,
1: do you uh,
0: do you know of any net collar banding projects in the Central Flyway?
1: Uh, I don't think I,
0: there's I, many. I'm
1: trying to th- – there was a um, – I don't think he'll mind if, if I tell him. Uh, my, my buddy Dalton Olson, which is uh, him and his, his friend, Preston, they own Nebraska Spur Chasers is the reason I even know him. I went up there and shot my Miriam last spring. And yeah. uh, he he actually that, – that waterfowl season before, he killed a blue neck collar, and it had – I think it had a tarsal, a tarsal band and, and uh, just a, a, an aluminum leg band, too. So it was like triple banded. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I heard that story. But but the, the tarsal band was like stealth because instead of just black and white letters, it was black on black. So you, you couldn't even tell. Like if you were glassing from the road, I mean, you couldn't see anything, which, which is something that this part of the country is doing now. So yeah. Jake's told me through through his friends that are, you know, maybe volunteered or whatever. Or just you know through the grapevine that they're going to just the the all black ceracoted leg bands now moving forward in Which, this
0: in that part of the country. That's not even like a terrible thing though.
1: No, no. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're just targeting geese, you know, for that, I mean, you know, to, to each his own. I mean, i i I would like to think that we were out goose hunting, obviously with the probability of shooting something like that. But you know, at the end of the day, Jake and his friends just like to kill geese. You know, they they just happen to be in a target rich environment with, with bands and stuff.
0: So. So do they go trophy hunting for those bands and collars then, or do they just go old school, just hunting and what happens happens?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question. So opening day last year, whenever I went, we shot nine geese, which th- when I first hunted with him, that was the first time I ever heard the term, you know, broke geese, which I was like, what is what do you mean? Broke geese? And they're like, uh, well, we call geese with nothing on them brokes. And I was like, man, that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a crazy term. But but after hunting with him though, like I mean, like we went open today and we were hunting a, you know, a, a big you know midday loaf that was you know probably thirty birds strong, and there wasn't any you know no sightings of collars, no, you know, no leg bands to be seen from the road. They were just like, hey, we're going to go shoot these geese open today. You want to come goose hunt with us? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So it was it was just a pure hunt, you know, versus. We're trying to get some plastic and aluminum. You know what I mean? So
0: right. I don't. Know. And see, that's the thing is, like, people get so frustrated. Like you were saying, it happens over here. Just because it doesn't happen over by you doesn't mean that it's like we're just like out here just solely doing this. You know what I mean? It's just like you. You're yeah. kind of like almost prestige to it on in a in a fortunate se- or certain situation, but not really at the same time because it's like you don't get the benefits that say like the Midwest or like, I don't get the benefits that the East and West coast get either. Um, You know, it's going to be a nonstop like drama battle about you get this. I oh, don't get dude. this. And it's like, go and travel then, you know, like, or go pay for it. I don't, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And, and it's such a touchy
1: subject when you talk to people. Cause like when, when they're oh, yeah. like, Oh, you, you, you shot a neck collar and, and you know, I've been, I, I can't say that I've ever had any negativity from it. You know, people that's, reached out to me on you know dms or or whatever they've always been like dude that's like a dream of mine like maybe one day i'll get lucky enough to do that and i'm like man hey i was just in the right place at the right time and you know i i I do think that people that say oh well this guy shoots a lot of bands you know it it definitely is location i mean that's that's a lot of it
0: oh it's definitely location
1: you you know the other part of it is yeah you're you are going to be like that guy in the pit that shot you know, two two speckle belly bands consecutive from you know whatever like Cambridge Bay, Alaska. I mean that that's lucky. I mean that was in Missouri, so I mean that was just pure. You know, you won the lottery that morning, but that that's not going to happen every time.
0: So, but, do you foresee yourself like almost hunting like to the day that you can almost just almost have to get in a wheelchair? or oh uh, dude yeah
1: I, I i hope they i hope they bury me in in a layout blind
0: somewhere <laughs> just leave really in yeah the yeah
1: yeah let's just strap him to the trailer and just drag him out of here it's uh my like i mentioned earlier one of my best memories was with, was with my granddad on my on my dad's side and uh he actually passed away uh trimming a shooting lane uh for for deer hunting so he he, he climbed oh, down true. that night and uh and he passed out like in a bush and I had a heart attack, but what he had pruning shears in his hand and he was trimming a shooting lane. So he, he went out, you know, not in an office, you know, not sick in a hospital, but he, uh, he, he definitely was enjoying his last moments on earth, which is what I want to be doing.
0: Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but it's good that you can sit there and speak about, you know, how he spent his last minutes, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and knowing him, he, he wouldn't have wanted it any other way.
0: Right. Absolutely. So, well, um, so as you seek, I'm sitting here scrolling through your Instagram. looks like you like to hunt them uh the them turkeys. I'm gonna be doing oh, it my first baby. time. Give me a little bit of. I've been speaking about this with everybody I have <laughs> on, so I'm gonna ask yeah. you to. Uh, what's the insight for me? I mean, am, am I gonna love it? Am I gonna drain the bank account again, or what? What's, what's the deal here? Oh,
1: dude, yeah. If it's if it's your first time, you're you're probably like me. You need another hobby, like a hole in the head. You know, <laughs> like like, like, yeah, like dude, mentally. That's what I need. Me, like like mentally and, and financially both, right? I mean, like right. But no, yeah. Uh, you, for anybody in the south. Uh, the southeast part of the country right now. This is our time to shine because you know in Georgia and Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, everybody's really you know. And actually, they've bumped our season back the last two weeks. I've normally have already been turkey hunting by now, but uh, we won't even get into that. I've got some ill feelings about that. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm 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 having to sit on the sidelines for two weeks while everybody else is going. But uh, no, yeah. So my my biggest advice to you would to be, you know.
0: Don't get frustrated definitely, with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Don't don't get frustrated. Uh, you know, I, I've been turkey hunting since I've been in middle school, but I, I learn stuff every time I go. You know, you're never gonna be you're never gonna, you know, go in the woods knowing everything that's gonna happen. So let, let, let that turkey uh tell you through his uh his reaction to a call, like what you need to do. And definitely patience and being quiet has killed more birds than, than any you know any call
0: or shell you know you could buy so. right well I'd, I'd be lying if i say that i'm gonna go out here and try to do it by myself because i'm not i got invited <laughs> i got invited by some good friends of mine back home um colbert okay. and and uh, logan heisman and uh hayden hunter and they're like dude you gotta come you gotta come i'm like i was like where do i buy the tag where do i go buy the tag so i went about the tag oh, and then yeah. and then from there some buddies are like you want to come down to nebraska and i'm like when does this end? I'm like, this is, this is turkey hunting. Like you can just jump oh, all yeah. over and dude. Yeah. It's uh that that's one of the unique things about it is you can go. Well, I mean,
1: heck there's, there's a, you know, a 49 state slam. I mean, you could kill a Turkey in every state you want to go in and, right. and in most places it's over the counter. I mean, so.
0: Right. And it's, it's pretty cool. I seen people down in Florida. I'm like, and then taking their turkeys down to the beachside and take pictures. <laughs> I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa
1: dude yeah yeah Fl- florida is is uh, got the monopoly on the osceola so you know the subspecies of right that's what East. i heard and so it's like the only place in the country you can go and kill that one specific okay. turkey
0: so and how long has that been like how, how many years like forever
1: oh yeah I, I mean yeah well that's a good question i've never researched it but ever since i've ever heard of turkey hunting so,
0: that's the one location you can go my viewers know how dumb a questions I ask, but I'm saying, how does one person not just want to trap this Osceola bird that is only in Florida and say, take it to the Midwest and like take a, you know, a hen and a, I don't know, okay, a male and a female, geez, and just take it into another area? Like, why? Like, why does it have to be designated to that one state? Or is it highly illegal to transport turkeys? Oh
1: Yeah, yeah. Probably the Florida DNR would probably massacre you before you made it to the line, but... But, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's, it's, it's definitely not the climate because I mean, you've got turkeys in, you know, South yeah. Dakota that are, are, thriving in snow right now. But I mean, in, no, in we Florida, don't have any it's hundred degrees. Actually. Oh, I got gotcha. you. It's been bad. I not know if it was it's been a terrible, oh, <laughs> like
0: no winter. It's bad. Dang. Yeah, that's dude. Crazy. I literally had to drive to Missouri, um, like a month ago before I seen my first snow in over like wow. a month. Like it. Anyways, go on though. That's nuts. Yeah, I
1: I don't know if uh, like 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 where you're at in the country, you're probably going to see, like in South Dakota, you're probably going to see a lot of Merriam turkeys and probably a cross of like hybrids between that and Easterns. Uh, I I think that the population, like this is me, this is my hypothesis on it. Maybe if they did that and le- relocated them, I think they would eventually get bred out by just the massive amount of other species oh and the other
0: other subspecies would just overtake the actual genes no matter what yeah
1: Uh, that that, that's what i believe but it is funny that you know there's a certain line in florida that you it's like if you go within 50 miles of the line of now you're in osceola country you're not going to shoot eastern turkeys they're just not there so it's always been you know i've always wondered that myself like why
0: that is seeing there's no possible way that i could like get a florida dnr on because they're not going to sit there and talk about that because they <laughs> at least not the questions i'm going to ask you know i'm not okay you know i have fun on my podcast i'm not like some straight shooter yeah i don't research before i start talking because i just i'm just organic and gossip like dude i, I don't know I just, um, eventually I'm going to have to have like a biologist on and really just dig into some questions, but it's going to be some time, you know, I don't know. And, you know, you're not going to drink a couple beers and talk about a biologist or talk with a biologist. That's just not, <laughs> that's not realism. No, but, no, you're going
1: to have to get them a bottle of whiskey before they start opening up to you. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> See, I wish I could sit here and just tell you to come up to South Dakota because, so, okay, what do you, I, okay, I'm not upset, but I was like, kind of like mistaken where you're like, not big feeds like you guys have up there in the midwest like dude a big feed to us is like I don't know um like a hundred or 200 geese you know what I mean like so like by like like just like bird wise it's just crazy across the board for everything like do you guys have like a lot of geese like do you guys have a lot of turkeys deer like i just it just gets crazy state to state oh, with yeah. everything
1: yeah absolutely yeah that it's uh yeah it, it plays a big part in it i i just don't know I, people from here that like to duck hunt would they always say i'm from georgia you know i'm in the worst state to you know even like to do this because you almost always have to travel at least to you know even you know just the mississippi river you're going to start seeing more numbers than you'd ever see you know here at home but yeah it's always been you know i'm not going to complain about it when september rolls around i'm going to i'm going to do everything i can to to go find some some pockets
0: of local candidates because that's what i you know that's what i like to do okay but uh where's the farthest state that you have traveled for waterfowl and then where is somewhere that's a dream place that you want to travel to if money was not an issue in the united states
1: the furthest i've ever went for waterfowl would be uh western or west texas and and oklahoma the, the like near the panhandle that would be the and also that that was my favorite places I've ever been just for the sheer, right. uh, you know. I, and I'm not a purist, you know, greenhead or anything like that. I, I like to just shoot ducks and geese, man. Mm-hmm. I don't really care what I don't really care what it is, uh, but yeah, I mean, as far just the species we were shooting, uh, and in just you know what, like in if you're in Oklahoma, those guys are going to call those, you know, I call it a cow pond, and they're going to call it like you know little, little tanks out there that they have on their property, just little. <laughs> you know, 50 yard by 80 yard wide pond. And I mean, you can shoot canvas bags, pintails, you know, a lot of stuff. So yeah, that, that was a treat for me. And then, and then also the, the wads of, of the lesser geese, you know, I've never yeah. seen that seen that before, which blew my mind. And just to hold one compared to, you know, a mallard, you're just like, this is just unbelievable. It is crazy. It
0: is crazy. <laughs> the
1: size, but uh, yeah, if I had a dream hunt, I would take a month off work and just, and just, bounce around in Oklahoma that's probably my, my favorite state to be in
0: perfect now what about, okay your dream like did you just say that's your dream or where's your dream
1: uh okay like if I had if money wasn't an issue and if Trudeau would make me take the, the Fauci ouchie I would go up to Canada
0: really like you have you haven't yeah. been to Canada then
1: no. I, uh, And like, I'm, I'm always the guy in my group of friends that's like, Hey, I've got a rental booked, you know, let's split the rental let's split gas and let's, let's haul the road, you know, let's go somewhere for a week and waterfowl hunt, but just crossing the border with, you know, guns and ammo, that's always been, and I know it's probably easier, you know, as you know, guys do it all the time, but I would probably want to have something set up where I could just show up and shoot their guns and shit my ammo up there. And, and do it, you know, with somebody that knew what they were doing. But yeah, I I just want to see the vastness of, of Canada and the provinces and, you know, see where those birds start. You know, I, I've always wanted to see, you know, kind of that side of it.
0: Right. And I see, I hear a lot of good things about Canada. But then I hear some of the, like, not the bad things, but the, the confusing side. So, like. My buddy, Matt, the owner or a part, part, oh my gosh, a part owner of OGO down in Nebraska. Yeah. He said he was just up there this last year for the first time. He's like you know on X isn't a thing cell phone service isn't a thing like it's all old school like while you're up there wow like you gotta like at least for where he was at he was saying you know and you, you got to really cover your steps as a speaker onto something because then they're like nah, not where i'm at you know anyways you know where <laughs> he was at like he had to follow everything on plot maps you know and if you've never been to an entire other country you know it's not like your hometown or another oh, state no. like you gotta like yeah. You know, you gotta take clients to that field that's, you know, sixty miles away, forty miles away. Like that stuff is interesting. Like, do you oh, watch yeah. do you watch Claudio Angario stuff?
1: Oh dude, he's a freaking oh, he's my a gosh. he's a bad he's a bad man, dude. He,
0: he is. He literally is just a straight shooter, likes to have fun. The way he speaks is so fluent, so straight, No, just like he oh, knows. Dude, yeah. And and the people and that old guy. If I could have that old guy, that older guy <laughs> dude. Think about the stories that guy has. Like, that guy has seen some shit oh, yeah. and done some shit. Gosh.
1: Like, I, I've always wanted to, to talk to somebody like that. That, you know, like, we're, we're kind of seeing, like, I, I just want to see their perspective on how right. the bird numbers and the migration has changed through, like, their eyes. Because they're, like, in, that's where the birds live every other day. They're not migrating.
0: And that's their job. Know? Like, th- th- yeah. that guy has had that job day in and day out. And he's still, like, almost, like, guides because you'll see like because because they, <laughs> they mic the they mic the guides up and he just kill them and it's just like you know dude yeah I, that guy has yeah. so many stories and even if you know screw the podcast i wish i could just sit around a round table with him and just crack a few beers with the guy if he doesn't drink whatever i'll drink a few because those are the kind of stories that you would literally learn so much about a migration like you were talking about and migration is key for a lot of people on the flyways I don't
1: oh know. yeah, I don't know dude, and, and 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 that's what's sad to me is like I I don't know if if anybody out there's listening that's in the super you know young generation you know and you're you know sixteen seventeen you know doing this for the first time that's what's sad is all this knowledge is is just a generation away from being gone forever you know right. so
0: you
1: know a, a lot of those old guys don't have social media and it's the kind of it, it's the it's the coffee shop in that farm town you got to go and listen to and get this knowledge from these people so. I would I would highly urge you to go go find the guy that's been doing this since he was your age and and get every ounce of knowledge you can because that stuff's gonna be
0: gone. And actually, and actually, act interested. Don't touch your phone or anything like that. Like if the guy is giving you the time of day, like, oh dude, um, that'd be so rude, <laughs> right? You know, what I mean, hey, you never yeah. know. Like, I'd be a hypocrite if I if I say I, I'm not on my phone because I have to constantly be on my cellular device for oh, yeah. so many reasons. But if if if. If an older gentleman is sitting there devoting some of his time, you know, and giving oh, me yeah. knowledge that is, I've always said knowledge is worth more than the dollar bill. Always will be because you can take knowledge and, and take it somewhere to make you even more money than, like, more than somebody just saying, here, here's a dollar. Go get that candy bar. But if an old guy's like, hey, I know how to get that candy bar without giving it a dollar. I don't know. You know, I'm making shit up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, dude.
1: Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, just the strategies, the, the stuff you can learn from what he used to do and apply it to today that. Maybe, you know, like if you're a guy, maybe the other guys are setting up, you know, X, Y, and Z like everybody else, but this one old guy has something that they've never heard of because it's from 30 years ago.
0: Right. You, you know, that, that's, that's, I had a conversation um, with another gentleman that I had on my podcast, and I was sitting there. And I was like, hey, you know, go pay for, you know, maybe one um, guided trip, you know, one, you know, just save up your yeah. pennies and nickels. And while you're there, don't just shoot. Ask the living hell out of questions at that guide. Even if he gets sick of it, he's stuck with you. <laughs> you know, dude, he, yeah, he, he is I, stuck with I, you.
1: I have a perfect story for that's exactly what happened to me. I, I lived in Mississippi for two years for a job and uh, wasn't married, third-story apartment. You know, I had an air mattress and an iPad. I mean, that, that's what I had. <laughs> and uh, I, I saved up, like, my first paycheck was to buy Mississippi license as a resident. It was like $12. Okay. Got my stamp. And I got a I got a guided trip in the Delta, for it was 150 a gun a day, and it was just your you know your classic Mississippi Delta pit blind you know shooting you know divers and and a few miles and stuff like that. So I I show up super early. Uh, a side note, my main vehicle broke down, and I got a rental car just to still make that trip for the weekend. Really, I was I was hell bent on because I had never been. I I was a kid from Georgia that. Grew up shooting wood ducks in a swamp, and I, I was hell bent on, on seeing what real duck hunting, right. you know, was. So, I, I got up there super early. There's about four or five guys hanging out. Well, no one else for the other three parties, like, showed up. So, I'm sitting there in this barn. Fire's going. There's labs laying around. I mean, they're ready to go. And the guy, the head guy's like, man, I guess nobody else is coming. Um, and they looked at me and says, who do you want to hunt with? And I was like, me? Who do I want to hunt with? And I was like, well, who – who shot ducks yesterday? And this guy raised his hand. I said, uh, I'll, I'll go with you, man. He's like, all right, let's go. So it was me, a guide, and his dog for, you know, it, well, that was like at what, five in the morning. We sat there till about 1.30. And, dude, I, I probably annoyed the shit out of that guy because I was asking him, like, dude, do you like that gun? You know, what 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 calls do you like? Can you show me calls? Like, Because I'm sitting there with my little lander, my Buck Gardner, you know, double nasty, too. And, yeah. you know, I, I was, like, bright-eyed. Like, I, I couldn't get enough. And and it that was a such a cool experience because, you know, if you go on a guided trip, you're probably going to be with seven other people you don't know. And you're probably going to be intimidated to ask a question and all that so it was do that that was like the biggest thing that set me on the on a collision course to to do what I do today so man that was
0: right and that's what I that's what I kind of and it's so great to hear that story because I was kind of like describing what you're saying but in like the terms of like a story you know or sorry not a story but like an analogy or um a situation and now I'm sitting here speaking to somebody that actually went through it and actually did it <laughs> yeah you know, yeah. I'm not saying I'm right, but <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Anyways, like <laughs> I'm I'm just saying like there's just a lot of ways to go about thing in um, certain areas, but um, a lot of waterfowl is turning into a commercial situation unless you move to a certain state that um, maybe has less birds, but has less pressure. Um, that's just where you got to really, really lay yourself down. Like, see, I get really beneficial parts of the South Dakota where non-residents have to apply and it's very hard for me to ever want to leave this state so oh yeah back to my standards is like you know pick up where you left off or try something different you know it's it, there's always a learning curve to everything
1: oh yeah dude and never and I mean even if you are you know Tony Vandermore I guarantee you if he's going somewhere in somebody's backyard he's gonna you know be a good listener before he ever you know, you, there's always something to learn, no matter how, how much skill or how many birds you've shot, you know?
0: So. Right. I didn't see, I traveled quite, and this would be the first year ever that I traveled a lot. And, you know, I'm very blessed with the people that I met and got to go reach out to and see, but the number one thing that I reached out and asked everybody when I was going to all these States is like asking a million questions or sitting back and watching them set up the decoy spread. Then the following day I'd help in this and that I'd always help pick up. Um, but, oh yeah, you know you you don't like so I went to Kansas and and those boys are setting up and I was like, sorry guys but I'm gonna like sit back they're like oh you're good you're good you're good and we're we're just me and my two other buddies are like why, why what are they doing you know we've never hunted lessers or anything and I was just yeah. asking constantly asking questions scouting all these states it in some of the states we didn't shoot shit for birds but I left each one of them states with friends and knowledge and I can take all of that back to my home state because now we're getting lessers we're getting more specs it's all about oh, yeah. like the like soak in everything you know don't just load that gun and that's the only thing you care about and that's the only thing you're waiting for because there's more to conversations than just how many birds are we going to kill and i think you can step in on oh, that yeah. as well
1: yeah yeah dude 100 I, I think i grew into that like most people do like you know when i first went out of state as a young gun or whatever, not knowing anything. I was like, dude, i got to kill all the, I want to kill something. I want to kill something to mount. I want to show all my buddies this tailgate full of ducks or geese or whatever. Yep. I, I think you, I think you do get to the point where like it's, you know, like that situation with Jake. I mean, yeah, I was blessed enough to, to shoot a neck collar, but I'm going to have his friendship for forever, you know, hopefully. And uh, you know, it's, there's a lot more than pulling the trigger. There's a lot more than, the, the pile picks and the gripping greens and stuff. It's definitely more now that I'm, and I'm not super old. I just turned 30, but it's more about the friendships you make, uh, the people you talk to in the off season. I mean, then the stuff you learn, that's, that's more valuable than
0: anything you could shoot. So I get very lucky cause I get to sit here and talk about hunting on the whole off season, <laughs> the entire off season. Oh, yeah. So like, I don't know, it, it gets kind of sick, sickening talking about hunting all the time. But then again, I'm like, Remember, I told you I was pretty tired before I started this. Now I'm like wide awake (laughs) because I literally am. I'm like bug eyed out because I love hunting. I I love everything about it. Um, Back to like people that are getting into hunting or even just like this next generation. We we need to have it, you know, Um, with your years and experience of what you've seen and what you've done, what's like the number one thing that you would say to a person besides what we've already touched base with that you can give knowledge to um, the generation that we are trying to build
1: uh don't don't ever forget to to thank your landowner don't ever uh, you know chivalry's not dead you know if a guys beat you to don't you know it you know, especially right now if somebody's beat you to a public land spot you know give him enough space to where he can hunt and be successful too i mean uh, there, there's a lot of guys that just say screw it I, you know i just spent the gas money and i got up early too and i'm out here but you know it and and hopefully on the other end of that, that guy sees you and is like, hey, you know, I've only got three people. You come hunt with me. You know, let's let's join parties instead of fighting against each other. But uh, be be a good listener. Don't don't forget your your manners in the truck and uh, and just use common sense, man. I think common sense is one of the things that's that's lost on a lot of people these days. <laughs> yeah. But uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, it comes with time, but at the same time, don't let that time last until you're like 70 years no, old you know I mean? no 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 like, yeah dude grow I mean, we're, some we're, common we're, sense over the time you know
1: oh yeah yeah i mean I, I could definitely sit here and tell you i have screwed up and, and yeah. learned from those mistakes <laughs> and pissed people off and dude I, i've been there and, and and that's a good uh i'm but glad see, i went through that because I learned it, you know. Right, <laughs> and we're sitting
0: here saying, "Don't do those things," because we are learning from the experience. Yeah, and like keep that on the back of your mind. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, just let's 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 act more mature in the situation, or let's act more common common <laughs> sense. Because I have to do that quite a bit for myself. Um, about ninety percent of the time when I'm in public, because the other side of me is like, I just want to start dancing or doing some dumb shit, but I don't, you know, because I <laughs> I have to act mature. Um, yeah. But the younger generation is very dwelling on seeing just the they think it's like the good side of what's happening on social media, like um, the big piles, this and that and the other. And they're getting soaked up into it. But outfitters almost have to play that game field to get more clients. But the younger generation is looking up to it as like Logan Paul or Jake Paul, you know, stupid stuff like that. You know, they think that's what it's supposed to be. But. Then you got like other outfitters that are actually trying to show the good side of it and show the camaraderie. Um, that's just devil's advocate to what it is. But if you can sit here and speak about it and punch the hell out of it, that, you know, look at it on all spectrum. Like go out and enjoy it. And yes, like you, you run through your stages of piles and this and that and the other, but oh, just yeah. think about the other side. It's like a little back burner, you know? And then that back burner will flip into the front side of your brain and you will actually fully enjoy waterfowl hunting because um i think you you can even agree on this is that every time that i go out i'm just optimistic that i just want to talk with the people that are out there and just catch up with people like you never know what somebody's going through like let god's work do what it does best out in the field
1: oh yeah dude yeah and and slow down and enjoy the journey because i mean it's you know the 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 sunrise the dog working uh it's it's uh you're 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 taking the time out of your life to to be there, so you know just other than pulling the trigger just freaking just take it all in I mean that's what that's what's important
0: what's one of the worst things you can do as an avid outdoorsman um out in the outdoors in your opinion
1: and and just waterfowl specifically or... yeah,
0: let's leave it at that for Because sure. I think it, I mean as you touch base with that, it's kinda kind of stretch into the rest of the outdoors
1: uh especially with, I keep going back to social media, but it, I mean, it's just something that you can't ignore. Right. I mean, that's how, that's how this most is, just people your,
0: tr- this is just your opinion. And I don't mean to cut you off, but it's not going to, you know, everybody sits here and talks about all the fine and dandy and, and the small little nitty gritty. But I mean, I'm trying to yeah. get like, I'm trying to get stuff out of people that have seen a lot of stuff and explain that not everything is, um, a waffle, a waffle cake at a fucking – or, sorry, a funnel cake oh, at, yeah. a, at a carnival, you know? <laughs> it's not all like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, yeah, dude. It, it's not all, you know, roses. Uh, I would say just be careful what you portray because you don't know if you're showing stuff to people that actually mm. understand hunting or somebody that's going to take that just off the wall sideways and run with it. I mean, especially people showing – I, I mean – <laughs> like showing like crippled birds running around yep. the bottom of a pit blind, or me, I, or I, or smashing a, a crane in texas with a baseball bat you know that was uh you know there i would just <laughs> i would just think twice before you hit the post button or on tiktok or whatever just that's probably the worst thing you could do for what we love to do so
0: i agree with you men then see there's people that are Going to sit here and disagree with us on certain aspects of almost everything, you know. I haven't had a lot of people like really reach out to me and have "quote unquote" haters. I don't even know what these are, but because I don't let them <laughs> affect me, um, yeah. But it's just like, you know, I just keep pounding this question because someone might be likable or learn something off of what you just said, and it might have been said before, but. Um, maybe somebody trusts your voice a little bit better than the last person. So that's why I always ask questions like this. Cause I always play like terrible devil's advocate to the waterfowl community because, <laughs> because I'm always yeah. like, what do you like about it? The most? And then I'm like, motherfucker, why do you hate it? You know, <laughs> like, it's just like, the, <laughs> because then if it doesn't yeah. get talked about, then it's never going to get solved. So the more we speak oh, about yeah. it, the more it's going to get out. So
1: yeah, 100%. I would just, just show respect to the animal that we like to harvest and, you know it, it, it looks good from both sides introspectively
0: and from people looking you know from the outside so one more thing what's one special species um and the whole outdoors we'll leave it at that we're gonna stretch out that you would love to go hunt if money was not a matter one species and where it go
1: oh man it's uh dude i'm so jealous of the guys that get to live out west I mean, i'm talking like you know, Colorado, Montana, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the Dakotas, I I would love to get a mule deer of any kind. I don't care if it's, dude, yeah, we just don't have anything like that. I think, I think the way they run is hilarious. Like they, like they lope and just, uh, I don't know, man, I just think they're really cool. And I mean, and I, you know, we, we've got some great whitetail hunting where I'm from that's, and and maybe some guys out West would say they'd like a whitetail, but yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to chase a muley and, You know, just over the rolling hills and long-range shooting and all that stuff, or even archery.
0: Well, if you go on my Instagram, my personal or my podcast one, and you just go to my people that follow or I follow or whatever, there's probably 90% of them live in South Dakota, and and they all almost hunt mule deer. So I wish I could take you, but I'm going to go on my first mule deer hunt this year with my buddy Eli. oh heck yeah that just astonishes me that that you would want to shoot a mule deer out of all things like not an elk not a moose in canada or something like mule deer in the midwest and mountainside that's that's your that's your dream
1: dude yeah because
0: i'd be uh, i'd have
1: people come over and say dude come check out my freaking mule in my garage yeah you know they're like dude what let's go look i mean yeah i mean that 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 would probably be the start point to you know kick off you know i, I think you just got to start somewhere and that yeah i would love to to even you know look it through through binoculars and see a mule deer in, in real life that'd be awesome well once i figure them out in five
0: years we can trade something <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well I, I, i'll just start putting in uh uh priority points until then to yeah you might
0: it. even want to try to start doing that build preference points in south dakota because i don't know the non-resident drawing for deer but i imagine it's it might be fairly easy it might not be but um if we can talk afterwards, I bet you I could find the right connections for you, too. Um, even, like, they could, like, point you in the right direction of what to do for DIY. And if you came up here... Oh, yeah. I'd probably just stand right beside you and go, hey, let's go try it, man. <laughs> you know? Dude, but that would be... That'd be sick. Our opener for deer, I think, for South Dakota is September. And I think that's kind of across the board into that mountain site as well. But
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, it's kind of like bow season here is, like, you know, mid-September... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that because it's super hot here. But, but, uh, man,
0: if you ever, if you get on your Turkey tour, kid, come down to the Southeast, man, we'll put you on a long beard. Maybe next year. You know, I got, I got so many journeys that, um, financially just, uh, Cannot be covered, you know. I still have a day yeah. job, regular living life, you know. Same, same, yeah. And and
1: and and, and these gas prices don't. Oh my
0: anything. gosh, yeah. Let's. <laughs> All right, yeah. Here we go. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I hate it, dude. I hate it, but I don't want to start another hour conversation about the gas prices.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: what else was I gonna say? You know what? We're gonna wrap this up because it was such a great one, dude. I really appreciate you um, sitting here. Um, talking, you know, even just the history about the net collar rather than people just, you know, if there is people that, you know, maybe have had some cross ideas about um, maybe even your post or something. Now they can get some a little bit of an insight on it. So if anybody asks, hey, just go listen to this episode because there was some deep history about it. So I appreciate you talking about it. Um, Then, Yeah, man,
1: I I appreciate you having me.
0: And and I hope I did those guys that live in that part of the country,
1: you know, justice and, you know, let them have a, you know, kind of a voice of opinion of, of what they live every day so
0: right yeah because i just went on jake's instagram and i found some <laughs> <laughs> there,
1: there there, there's some pictures there that will make you lose your mind
0: <laughs> i know you were sitting there telling a story and i just got kind of sidetracked I'm like, my jaw just dropped and then you stopped talking and then i had to jump back into the conversation because i was like <laughs> i was like what in the heck because i had to i had to find this never mind let the viewers find that picture because Oh, geez. Anyways, nonetheless, thank you, my <laughs> man, so much for coming on, and have a blessed rest of your off season. all right?
1: I appreciate it, Levi. Go,
0: uh, go shoot a, uh, a thunder chicken in the face and let me know how it goes. I'll send you a Snapchat of it. So. <laughs> Sounds good, dude. All right, here we go.